Hello and welcome to Driving Discussions. In this series, we're discussing the forces that affect road fuels globally. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing some of the changes to supply and demand that we might begin to see in the weeks and months ahead. Driving Discussions is brought to you by Argus Media, which, as many of you know, is a leading independent provider of energy and commodity pricing information. My name is John Demopoulos, and I'm the Vice President of North American Refined Products here at Argus. And with me today is Stephen Jones, SVP and Global Head of Oil Products. Good morning, Stephen. Hey, good morning, John. Glad to be now, with you. Glad to have you. Now, we... Uh, We've seen a bit of an improvement for the refiners lately. We've seen um, product demand rising in most cases. Um, we've seen certain margins improving. Um, and I think the question on everybody's uh, lips is how real is this and, and how how much more can we expect this to continue? What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, certainly things have improved since the, the depth of the dark downturn that we had when shelter-in-place began to migrate uh, from region to region across the globe. Uh, as we've talked in the past, you know, it began in China, obviously, worked through Europe, came across in North America with shelter-in-place that came very aggressive all the way down into Latin America. Latin America has been spotty in terms of shelter-in-place, uh, and it's, it's shown as well with impacts on the virus uh, having a greater toll. Um, in, in more later periods as it began the migration around the world. But the demand impacts and where we have, how should I say, crawled out of the doldrum of the depth of, of the greatest impact we've seen historically on demand dropping off, uh, we are seeing improvements around the world. Uh, the, the U.S. in particular, uh, gasoline demand has rebounded robustly uh, in the immediate weeks after we reached rock bottom. Uh, the question, I guess, as you would pose it, is, is, is this an indicator of continued trajectory of improvement? And in realities, uh, the, when you think about the U.S. in particular and the gasoline demand here, commuting is probably about one-third or, or more of the gasoline demand. And as we've gone back to work in some cases on a slow, methodical spotty basis across the country, yeah, we have seen improved demand, but we're nowhere near back to baseline, and nor would we expect to see the U.S. nor many of the other markets go back to the original baseline of the rate of growth that we were on pre-COVID. And, and of course, you know, there's the there's the question. I mean, I'd like to talk about some of the other other products as well. Um, but there's there's a question for each one of the key products, gasoline, jet and diesel, about how much COVID impact is systemic uh, versus how much is, you know can can easily be brought back quickly. And and that I guess is what we're wrestling with on gasoline, isn't it? You know, on on the one hand, you might say, well, people are going to be driving more because they're not using public transport. On the other hand, are they going to need to drive anywhere? So how how do we how do, you, yeah. how do we begin to balance those two? You know, the, the factors that weigh into gasoline demand are so many fold and how you account for them in untested territory for such recovery uh, complicates it even further. But to simplify things, you know, we had 
record unemployment that uh, has had a surprising spring back just with the directional reopening of the economy. Uh, I think some of the unemployment re- rebound was a bit surprising to some economists, but we're nowhere near back to you know gainful employment. And we've got uh, some real damage in certain sectors of the economy that we wouldn't expect to see the underpinning support for commuting just yet. We also have pent up demand for people that have been, uh, you know, quarantined, sheltered uh, for so long that uh, people are starting to stretch their legs. Even though we've had some people take economic hits personally, uh, the the fuel prices are cheap, and we've seen that price elasticity is real. And in some of these open markets, we would expect some demand. Uh, to spring back pretty aggressively because fuel prices are so low. Um, And gasoline in particular, you know, in the first few weeks, we saw it remarkably spring back. But in the last three weeks or so, it's kind of hit somewhat of a steady state. But some of these numbers are are not concrete, right? They're they're weekly indicators based on other measurements that infer the demand. So we got to be careful that we don't read too much into these untested statistics that are outside the norms of normal correlatable uh, comparisons. But that's that's gasoline. I would expect, you know, as commutes to continue to pick up and summer demand to start to kick in, we'll continue to see, you know, some moderate improvement from where we are. But I think a, a large part of the spring back has been experienced and, and it'll be a shallow climb out through the balance of summer for gasoline. This one, on the other hand, never really took as big a hit, um, but now it's it's basically not showing a significant rebound. And with the crack spreads, the signal to refiners to produce diesel in deference of gasoline in the early period, we've built uh, extraordinarily high levels of inventories of, of diesel fuel. And we've seen the arbitrage, the movement of diesel open for moving excess inventory of diesel uh, to Europe and and potentially Latin America, where it has been a longstanding home for excess production of diesel. So the inventories in diesel and the pricing signals for it are are basically um, standing out in the statistics right now. Uh, When we look at the crack spreads and the margins, we, we went from pretty negative uh, pressure uh, to unmake products, basically reduce runs for refiners, and uh, refinery utilization dropped off precipitously. Now we're still, you know, you might say hugging the 70% type utilization range, which is extraordinarily low, uh, especially for this time of year when ordinarily we'd be coming back from downtimes and preparing for strong summer seasonal demand across the board for all product. Um, So between diesel and jet fuel, jet fuel also being down and not expected to recover as rapidly as most other road fuels, the refining situation is in a a, a tough circumstance. Um, At low utilization, everyone's currently carrying part of that burden. The question becomes who, who can benefit from uh, the operating efficiencies, the economies of scale, the export market location and crude availabilities more so than others in the fleet. And, uh, and 
some refiners are, are beginning to think through strategies on moving towards renewable fuels and other things um, because the conventional fuel demand um, outlook isn't uh, overly aggressive for extended rates of growth because um, uh, we're not out of the woods yet. We still have a pandemic going on. We're just opening the economy. We haven't solved the problem for um, for the infectious uh, contagion itself yet. Yeah, and it's really difficult to talk about any of this, isn't it, without um, without knowing the the great unknown about whether that second wave comes and what it in fact looks like if it if it does turn up, and then you know, and also what the uh, political response will be in in those countries that are affected by it. Um, but I I, I did want to touch on jet fuel as well because you know it's so difficult to look at the look at these these uh, fuels in in isolation of course you know jet fuel uh, the absence of demand for jet fuel has had a big impact on diesel you know we can see incrementally higher diesel output from from refineries based on uh, the intention not to make so much jet you know it makes different crude slates more or less desirable if you can't make jet um are people going to be flying anytime soon? Are the airlines going to be buying this fuel? Or are we, I mean, it sort of looks like a pretty slow progress, doesn't it? Yeah, and the airlines all have different, um, you know, spins on on the outlook. Everyone wants to see a return to the air. Uh, but in reality, you know, the, the regional and, and short-haul domestic flights are picking up. Uh, the long-haul flights and the quarantine issues and the uh, concerns of, of of how we manage the pandemic globally is limiting the international return to flights for the most part. And those long-haul flights um, are proportionally large consuming volumes of the jet fuel. And it also affects where the jet fuel gets sourced and and which airlines will benefit from it. Um, so, yeah, we will return to the air. It, it will be probably the last component of the petroleum demand mix that underpins the, you know, the refiner's signal and and how trade revolves. You know, you, you raise an interesting point though. When you think through exactly the downturn, the first thing that got hit was the airlines, right? The the jet fuel demand, I should say, and the jet fuel demand basically. Um, put the brakes on refiners to unmake jet molecules. And then the easiest thing to do is to basically shift cut points and yields to make distillate instead of jet fuel and manage crude slates uh, for jet yield towards more distillates. And uh, as such, we ended up with strong distillate signals to incentivize that because distillate demand wasn't turning down. Now we've got a problem on the backside where jet hasn't rebounded, distillate demand hasn't really climbed all that aggressively, and the signal for the economics of producing diesel were pretty strong, so we've got high inventories. So now we're going to have to overcorrect a little bit on the backside uh, to rebalance the gas and distillate yields with still no jet in the mix uh, on the same proportional rate of recovery. Um, refiners are extremely adept at being able to follow these economic signals, and it comes back to what you and I always talk about with clients on the price signals, the crack spreads, the incentive of making certain products over the price of crude. 
And with the cutbacks at 70% utilization, the crude slates have changed a fair amount. Um, you know, we've seen some of the incentives only recently turn positive for uh, some of the lighter sweet crude processing. We have a fair amount of resid destruction capacity available that we're taking fuel oil in to the Gulf Coast and filling some of the resid circuit with with cracking residual fuel um, as a feedstock as opposed to typically running higher rates of crude to make our own resid to crack. And that does affect the product yield as well. Um, so the refiners are are angling towards managing distillate output, increasing the gasoline uh, only to the point where demand is given the signal. And we are highly dependent on the product trade to trim the balance. And the product trade out of the Gulf Coast has historically been uh, on the rise and allowing higher rates of utilization. And that has been affected with Latin American uh, demand curtailment with the pandemic. And um, and so that's also, I think, apprehended the rate of return of runs in the Gulf Coast temporarily. Uh, that that too will change. And the question I think to all of us now is just what's the pace look like? And I think most forecasts are taking the current trajectory and extending it um, a little bit too aggressively. Um, I think part of this is just a a prompt rebound as opposed to an extended trend of economies going back to uh, steady state in in the sense of what we remember it as having left behind in February pre-shelter-in-place impacts. Many businesses are are held to, you know, 25% to 50% of capacity. Many offices are opening up on a half-to-need basis as opposed to, in a volunteer basis, as opposed to a mandate, show up to work or else. Um, so it's going to be a, a mix all the way through late summer into fall. Uh, I think we're we're long ways from seeing a, what, what a new normal will become as we exit this year into 2021. Yeah, and very difficult to reconcile the the strength of sentiment and the strength of the equities markets um, with some of those facts that you just mentioned, the depths of unemployment that we got to, the the the, re- the real um, slowness of um, return to normal capacity at um, yeah. you know, companies, at restaurants, at all sorts, um, and, and the real threats of additional headwinds coming along um, as a result of all of those things. Yeah, and you know the mix of the economy will dictate part of the fuel demand requirements as well. You know, the oil sector itself is going to take a, a long while to recover from, you know, what will, and already starting to see bankruptcies in the upstream consolidation. Um, you know, in the refining space, the impacts there have yet to be fully realized as far as, um, you know. What, what the economic impacts are for lower throughputs and uh, weak utilization levels that we're experiencing. So, you know, the, the whole energy sector is such an important pillar of the economy, and it will take a while to recover. We are projecting, we have seen crude oil prices firm. Uh, a lot of that's due to, you know, a combination of factors, the OPEC discipline, OPEC plus cutbacks, the non-OPEC U.S. crude curtailment, 
but uh, you know the 40 plus dollar levels that we're starting to see now you know they, there will be some um uh, incremental return or restabilization of some of the u.s crude supply not tremendous amounts but the, the point being in the economy these factors um the pillars of the different uh, subsectors, be it energy, healthcare, and automotive, uh, heavy manufacturing, and so forth, all have unique drivers. And <clears throat> a lot of what we relate to in the U.S. economy is retail and consumer support for retail. And with unemployment and uh, you know layoffs and things of that nature impacting that, it, it's taken a wedge off of the economy that won't immediately return. Uh, even though things look very positive, um, that some people think, well, maybe it is a V-shaped recovery. It's more like a, a low V and more of a, a, a flatter rate of, of improvement from here. Um, although I think through summer, we'll see a continued support for demand that will give us some sense of optimism. And to be frank, optimism builds on itself. And so... Um, I think a lot of people, uh, especially when you take into account all the complexities, social unrest and other things uh, around America, you know, we have a lot of other distractions besides the pandemic right now. And, um, you know, are are people going to, in essence, go back to work despite uh, having been sheltered in place and, um, and, and become efficient at that? Are we going to uh, let our guard down from the the concerns and and how should I say worries of of the contagion and go about more of a uh, a fake sense of normal, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Yep. Um, Stephen, thank you. That was fantastic. Um, I'm going to leave our listeners with two key figures, two key numbers. Five is the number of years that the airlines appear to expect it to take. Um, for for their operations to get back to normal. 50 is the number of years of gasoline demand growth that we lost at the depths of COVID. So that, for for everyone to understand, is the scale of the the change that we've witnessed and that we're now coming back from. Glad to join you, John. Glad to join you. And just to wrap up uh, on two of those key figures, you know, from an Argus perspective, we would expect you know, this recovery to take a couple of years. It's not going to be a six-month rebound. And at the end of a year and a half to two years, we won't be back to the original baseline of trajectory of growth. But uh, And it won't be uniform across all markets. So those key factors that you, you just cited are significant um, context to keep everything in perspective that we are working out of a historic uh, circumstance, uh, the likes of which we have not seen. So wish everyone well and uh, appreciate the opportunity to have this this conversation with you and look forward to fielding questions as uh, our clients are, are, are very practiced at reaching out to us uh, to explore these matters. Thanks, John. Thanks. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to tune in for other episodes in our series, Driving Discussions. For further information about the U.S. refined products market, you can also visit argusmedia.com.